The following program is intended for mature audiences. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. What are you people, on dope? All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. But first, it's time for the opening gem of the day.
Very nice. Love for an excuse to start with some vintage pretenders. Absolutely. Which I believe we have not used yet. No, I can't recall us doing any uh, right? any, any of Chrissy Hines' greatest hits. So no better time than the present Absolutely. with this episode 158. But before we get into that, yes. welcome back once again, my partner in crime. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. How was your vacation? Are you rested? Are you good? Yeah. You know, appreciate you holding the fort while I stepped off the planet for a little bit. Very yeah. much appreciated. I think you, uh, you did a fine job. Thank you, I Governor. enjoyed you uh, <laughs> lambasting, uh, as you will, when left to your own devices, certain uh, certain uh, ideologues. But I, I kept the rage in, in check. I was yes, very good. I'm, I'm getting better. I, I, I do admire your restraint. I yeah. do. I do. So, <laughs> bravo. All right. So, that, of course, uh, was The Pretenders doing Middle of the Road, yes. which was one of their hits off of the 1984 album, Learning to Crawl. Nice. And it's a fun little tune. It's very catchy. And uh, to those in the know... Uh, Chrissy Hyatt has said that she's actually referencing the uh, Tao Te Ching and the concept of the middle way from Chinese philosophy. Really? Now, of course, the song makes reference to most directly uh, a case of the haves and the have-nots sure. and things like that. And yep. she even references her own self in there, stating her age and the fact that she's got a kid at that time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But really, it was just about... The middle, which is great because what we're opening up with today yes. is kind of like that because it seems like until recently, politics in the good old USA always featured three sides. Right. There's our side, their side, and the middle. And the uh, uneasy alliance of normalcy, as they say, yeah. has withstood two world wars, the civil rights movement, and women's lib. And, you know, the middle is always there and it always provided sanctuary for voters on both sides, and kept their respective lunatic fringes kind of ineffectual. Sure, sure. Unfortunately, I do think that uh, we have come across an ideological divide between liberals and conservatives that is getting exponentially uh, wider, and the rhetoric is getting more and more extreme. Truth. Uh, two echo chambers uh, with no real dissension allowed. They're getting louder and louder. And, you know, the epitome of this is obviously the presidential election that we're hurtling towards in 2024. Can we call it the looming presidential looming? election? Yeah, looming is a good that, word that for it. Because it, it feels <laughs> lumin, luminescent, maybe. Yes. yes. But in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this. We have two candidates that it seems like the majority of neither side wants. Mm -hmm. um, Peter Zavodnik, one of my favorite writers, guy who's doing a lot of work for the Free Press right now, uh, recently had... Uh, I guess you could call it an editorial uh, commentary that literally he titled it, Are You Really Making Me Vote for Joe Biden? <laughs> and I think that's the epitome of it. It really is. And it's frightening. It's really quite frightening. Um, I can't, like I said, recall in my life mm -hmm. this scenario. And neither and can I. And, and we've had candidates where everybody kind of like with a wink and a nod knows that they're not the best choices but yet they're bringing something or they're bringing more to the table to like than dislike. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll summarize the scenario uh, from, from two different columnists that I like writing, both from the left and the right. A uh, gentleman by the name of David French, who writes for the New York Times but is a conservative. And uh, he came across just recently um, with a column that identified this, what he called an obscure online concept I don't think it's all that obscure, but basically what he called it was no enemies to the right, in mm -hmm. which a tiny fringe adopts a, uh, uh, a conscious ethos 
but uh, for a much larger group, uh, simply a cultural reality in their minds that the left is so evil and represents such an ex existential threat that any accommodation of it uh, or any criticism of the right by that same ideologue, mm -hmm. I ideology undermines the forces of light in their great battle against the forces of darkness. <laughs> Attack the left in its most searing terms and you'll enjoy thunderous applause of your peers. Criticize the new right and you can experience a vicious backlash. The result is a relentless pull to the extremes. Mm -hmm. That, I think, really encapsulates what's going on on the right. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Zavodnik, in regards to the left, uh, there is an analogous disconnect that one encounters these days in corporate progressive identitarian circles across America. Uh, the pretending is what he calls it. The acting is though something that is obviously or probably not true, probably or obviously, mm -hmm. uh, is in fact completely true. And any questioning of, uh, of that supposed truth isn't just uh, ill-informed, but it's her her heretical. Heretical? Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Heretical, all right? He cites as examples the uh, bullshit ideas that the 45th president of the United States was a Russian agent, uh, that those who even consider the lab leak theory in regards to COVID-19 and the pandemic were obviously trying to uh, veil their anti-Asian hate. Gender-affirming care from children was obviously good medicine. Defunding the police would obviously make cities safer. Uh, the diversity, equity, inclusion complex was obviously a good investment making all of us less systemically racist. The Hunter, this is for you, John. The <laughs> Hunter, Hunter Biden laptop uh, story was obviously not a story. And climate alarmists were obviously right and that the planet is on schedule to implode momentarily. Mm -hmm. uh, until suddenly, quietly, all of these stories started to collapse. And right now, a story is being told about Joe Biden. And it goes like this, that he is the only one who can save us from a second Trump administration, that literally anything that distracts from the mission, from that mission, amounts to a crime against the Constitution, that we can go back to serious elections with candidates in full possession of their faculties only after the republic has been saved. That's the lie of the illiberal faction trying to pull the proverbial wool over the nation's eyes. I think that encapsulates both sides uh, to a T, Bravo to both writers. Thank you guys for letting me use that material. Uh, this is pretty goddamn frightening. I'm sorry, but it is. Well, for me, I'm going to break it down even more in layman's terms. Okay. It's kind of like the, a philosophy is, well, just so the car doesn't get any dirtier, let's keep it in the garage. Right. Rather than go out and wash it. Right. So both parties need to wash their respective cars and their respective candidates. I could not agree more. Rather than say, well, let's just hide them and their, and their bad points because we don't want to go through the work of propping up somebody new. Mm -hmm. It just comes across to me, again, on both sides, as pure laziness of their respective machines yeah. that we've never seen before. Oh, it's the epitome of the ostrich sticking his head in the sand and going, no, right. no, 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 no. Yeah. You know? Um, they were ridiculous. And I want to throw this out there because I absolutely loathe people who do nothing but throw rocks but don't offer solutions, mm -hmm. which is uh, endemic on my side of the fence. I don't know how it is on <laughs> your side, Johnny. But uh, there's some ridiculous terms that I think first and foremost, need to be eradicated from the national dialogue. Uh, evil is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, the Biden crime family is another. I don't want to ever hear the word racist ever again. Mm -hmm. All right, The phrase, destroy the country. Nobody is trying to destroy the country. Get past that. 
okay? Socialism, since nobody really knows what that means. Uh, Nazi, defund, witch hunt, weaponizing. And this label that we use of the, the uh, people we keep calling progressive, um, the literal definition of progressive is favoring or advocating progress or improvement. All right, the definition does not include being a condescending asshole and telling people how to live. Doesn't include in the definition that phrase. So we need to stop calling these people progressive because they're not. Right. They're anything but, okay? This kind of stuff, and you and I discussed this, it obviously leads to domestic terrorism. Yay! Things like the Oklahoma City bombing, the mass shooting at Buffalo, uh, the post-George Floyd riots are another classic example. Uh, attacks on the police, on the military. Oh, and yeah, that's another thing. Have we finally buried the whole defund the police bullshit? Please tell me we did, because that has got to be amongst one of the stupidest, most idiotic phrases I have ever heard in my life. Well, here's a snippet for you then. Just the other day, uh, one of the, I guess, councilwomen from Milwaukee, or perhaps a, a I mayor, heard about right? this, yes. She gets carjacked in broad daylight. And had the shit kicked and, out right, of her from what I understand. Took a beating, plus her kids were in the car and everything. Yeah. And some good Samaritans you know, ran over and assisted her. Right. And what did she post on Facebook, Johnny? Well, the exact antithesis of everything she was spouting beforehand. Oh, really? Yep. I'm shocked. And shocked for whatever to hear reason, this. It, uh, and, and forgive me for my ignorance, because I'm forgetting the initial author of this piece. But you are so forgiven. You'll, you'll remember it. It basically starts off, you know... When they came for the socialists, I did nothing because I wasn't a socialist. Right. On and on and on until they come for the Jews. And then yeah. there was no one else to defend me. It kind of made me think of that. Yep. Because these people and their their uprighteousness sit up there. I like that, and, uprighteousness. I and like they, that. And they preach yes, because they, they know what's better for us until the shit happens to them. And then all of a sudden, light dawns on Marble Head, mm -hmm. and they're like, oh... Yeah, that's why we need the police. Yeah. And that's why no matter what's going on, where your politics are, what your your color of your skin is, when the shit hits the fan, yeah. who do you call? Mm -hmm. Thank you. I was, uh, <laughs> I was actually watching uh, A Few Good Men the other night. Mm -hmm. uh, absolute classic. And the uh, rant that Tom Cruise, the Tom Cruise character goes through, uh, and he uses the, the phrase galactically stupid. It used to be part of our intro. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So, yes, again, you know, not being one to just throw rocks mm -hmm. without proposing solutions. And I'm solutions. glad, you know, a lot of that stuff you touched on, because I did cover that as a snippet of the last um, podcast that I had done solo. Okay. Because there's a lot of, you know, just using my own example, a lot of my uh, friends and people that... I, I consider intelligent, well-spoken, and, and well-read on different subjects, yeah. very easily fall into the trope of, say, Joe Biden has blood on his hands, he's trying to ruin the country, everybody's surrendering everything to the Soros family, and their goal is to destroy the United States. Oh, spouting the rhetoric. Right. Yeah. And really, if, if you drill down, it doesn't mean you're ever going to have to like these people or ever agree with their viewpoints. Yeah. But yet, nobody is the general Zod to your Superman. This is a fallacy. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And let's face it. If we all had the benefit of looking back 50 years, and let's say we travel in the future 50 years, and now we're looking back at now, yeah. this too shall pass. Exactly. You know, and you had said when we were talking pre-show, we've been through worse, and there's always going to be 
something that seems worse in the moment. Well, that's another one of the the most popular rhetorical bullshit phrases that oh, it's never both been sides love to use is that <laughs> the country can't survive four more years of right. fill in the blank. Right. I'm no dummy. You know? So, yeah, that's a load of shit. We've mm -hmm. been through worse. We'll get through this, too. Um, so, again, as much as I loathe people that just love throwing rocks but can't come up with solutions, mm -hmm. and this is, by the way, one of uh, a series um, of focuses that John and I plan to do going into 2024 to hopefully, you know, head this thing off at the pass. Yeah. You know, for whatever voice we have in the dialogue you know, the national dialogue. We're going to try and throw this out there, and hopefully people will hear it and take it under consideration, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. But a few of the solutions that we'd like to propose, uh, first and foremost, bring down the heat. You know, just, just throttle it down, folks. Uh, wrap your brains around the idea of communication and compromise. Okay, get out of the echo chamber. Uh, and here's a big one. Realize and accept the fact that you're not always right and the other side is not always wrong. Imagine that. Yeah, I know. Shocking, but true. <laughs> you know, get past your ego and wrap your brain around that. Here's another thought. Go outside and play. <laughs> Go outside and play. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Disconnect. Get offline. Okay? Watch something other than the news. There you go. <laughs> Inconceivable. Uh, don't buy into the fear. All right? Despite what everybody would like you to believe, this is not the impending apocalypse. Not going to happen. I don't care who gets elected. It's not the end of all things. We will get through it, okay? Another big thing. Understand the agendas of the talking heads. Mm -hmm. Understand what they're really, really going for. Uh, and keep in mind that, again, the country will survive, okay? Here's another thing. Lighten up and stop trying to tell other people how to live. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> right. You know, are you so arrogant that you actually think you can tell other people how to live? Really? Mm -hmm. Really? Get over yourself. Well, so there's one thing we've learned in this country. We're not very big on social engineering. Despite yeah. the best attempts at social media and, and the, the woke movement and all this, you can't tell people how to live because half of us, just out of spite, are going to do the opposite. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and this is a plea... Um, and, you know, you and I have talked about this before. I have more issues with my side than I do with yours. Mm -hmm. So this is a plea from me to my side. And, you know, if anybody on the other side cares to take it up, more power to you, and God bless you. Stop playing the victim card. Yeah. Stop. All right? Enough. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, people don't... Are you crying? Are you crying? <laughs> Realize that when you adopt the whole victimhood thing, mm -hmm. basically what you're doing is you're destroying your own self-esteem. Right. Okay? And you're making yourself very easy to be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Okay? So please, stop. Yeah. Get outside yourself and stop. You know? And I want to reiterate what I just said earlier because it's so simple. Go outside and play, folks. Yeah. Just go outside and play. Yeah. Read a book. Hell, write a book. There you Paint. go. Wouldn't Do that be something. wonderful? Get yes. some exercise. Yes. You know, disconnect. <laughs> or, or, God forbid, volunteer. Oh, my goodness. And do something to actually better the community for everybody and not just somebody else's agenda. Message. Wow. Poor people will take food no matter who's cooking it. Remember This that. is also true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are plenty of people out there in need of that kind of help, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, do something good for society. Do something good for yourself. 
Yep. You know, because, yeah, it, it, it's funny how if you do something for somebody else, it makes you feel so much better it about does. yourself. It totally does. It really does, you know. Get outside yourself. Stop being so goddamn selfish. Yeah, you selfish bastards. <laughs> and another thing, just you know, a final touch on it. You know, you yeah. mentioned you know playing the victim. Mm-hmm. Not only does that not work, and is it a self-defeating practice amongst groups or tribes, however you want to put it. Yeah. But on a personal level, people they they see this, and even if you're not weak, if you act like a victim at every turn, you you become perceived as weak. Yeah. And it permeates your workplace, your personal relationships, mm-hmm. perhaps your marriage. Nobody wants to be with a weakling, you know? It's such a negative vibe. And it's, given it's, an option, be a lion. Don't 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 be a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but but be a lion on the side of good. Right. I mean, I don't mean to get all like Tony Robbins on everybody. Like unhinge my jaw and swallow people because he's a giant <laughs> no, maniac. No, be the lion that <laughs> defends the lamb. Yes, you right. If, if you're not going to be uh, a wolf, then then be a sheepdog and guard the sheep. Just there you go. Do something positive. Yeah, right. It's not that hard. It's really not. And again, like you said, this is something we're going to touch on through this. Uh, well, you we can barely even call it an election cycle because it's hardly even started yet. Really, but um, yeah, we're going to keep touching base on that without you know beating the same dead horse. Because this situation is fluid and is going to evolve the closer we actually get to Election Day. And, you know, maybe the candidates we're talking about right now and the problems, maybe that will sort itself out. You never know. Well, one of the things that we endeavor to do, you know, in addition to being... uh, Incredibly good looking. Oh, yeah, there's that. (laughs) There's obviously that. Charming. Yeah. Yes, we both have a face for radio. Erudite. Indeed. (laughs) Um, is we try and defy the norms. We try and divide conventional wisdom, i.e., John's a conservative, I'm a liberal, and yet here we are sitting, hanging out, having a drink, listening to music, and enjoying each other's company. Yep. Uh, One of the things we try and do is take a different perspective from everybody else. Do something other than repeat the rhetoric of the echo chamber. Mm. You know, so over the next 18 months, we're going to try and bring you that alternative view of things. We're trying to bring you some insight, you know, maybe some, some way that people haven't looked at things and try and point out some of these things. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, it'll register with some people. Right. And look, they can trust us because we have no agenda. This is true. We're relatively well read, so we kind of know what we're talking about. And as we'll touch on in the next subject, we're not really joiners. No. So that being said, I think it's time for the middle gem. I could not agree more. What do you got for us, kid? You know... <laughs> I, 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 I'm happy with this gem on so many different levels. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, because I don't think we've done any Almond Brothers music we before. We have not. And, Double uh, first. Yeah, uh, nice. I, I love breaking new ground in that respect because God knows 450, 500 <laughs> gems in, that's not exactly an easy thing to do anymore. Yep. Folks, and he's even got me suggesting Rolling Stone songs <laughs> now. So, yeah, we're redlining here. <laughs> And, man, you have no idea what an accomplishment that is. Just take my word for it. But, uh, but I think this song really encapsulates the way a lot of people are feeling right now. And, and that's really why I suggested it. And, you know, credit to my partner. He agreed with me. Um, and so we're going to go with this. This is uh, an oldie but a goodie, so to speak. This is an Almond Brothers song called Whipping Post. And a good choice it is. So we're going to play this for you, folks, and we will be back with, yes, more things and stuff.
Yeah, wow. got him an earworm. Wow. <laughs> that, uh, that, of course, was uh, the Allman Brothers doing Whipping Post from their 1969 debut album, The Allman Brothers Band. Uh, that was the original version. Obviously, people are far more familiar with the 1971 live album uh, version at the Fillmore East, which was an astounding 23 minutes long. Um, the thing that I find astounding is that original from 69 uh, was done when Greg was only 21 years old. Wow. I mean, that the, he was capable of summoning mm -hmm. you know, that amount of gravitas you know, at 21 years old is just stunning to me, just absolutely stunning. And it's funny because the original Almond Brothers band album uh, that was released in 69 did nothing. It tanked. Mm -hmm. um, they, of course, were launched into fame by that 1971 live album. Yep. And Whipping Post was eventually, uh, you know, on the receiving end of all sorts of accolades, uh, including, you know, being uh, one of Rolling Stone's 500 greatest songs of all time. But again, the the original, mm. you know, release tanked. Well, their their career track in, in a lot of ways mimics that of some would say a similar band, Leonard Skinner. Yeah. That, you know, their their music has always been good. They never really changed things up, but it wasn't until their live shows gained notoriety yep. that the record sales picked up, followed suit, and then exceeded that. Yep, absolutely. And in both cases, you know, they're they're amazing jam bands. Yep. But like you just referenced and what I always preach, you know, long songs don't get on the radio. This is true. So they gotta trim it down. And that's why a lot of these guys, I mean shit, look at Statesboro Blues. Same thing. Epically long song. Yeah. You know, and there's two versions. You can listen to the live one that takes forever. Oh, yeah. Or you can take the live one that's only like six minutes, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, when, uh, when you know, the advent of FM radio, underground radio back in the 70s came along, songs like Whipping Post that were 22 minutes were big favorites of the DJs because, you know, you could put that on, you could go up to the roof, have a mm -hmm. cigarette, smoke a joint. You know, go outside, read the business section of the Wall Street Journal, come on back in, and, you know, the song is still going. Yep. You know? Or as a uh, former DJ, I would call those my cigarette songs. There you go. Gee, I need a smoke break. Well, how about Freebird? <laughs> how about Hotel California? <laughs> yep. Here's a little stairway to heaven for you folks. I'll see you in 10 minutes. You exactly. Know. Exactly. So that there's a place for those those. Jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, just the, the, the soulful, soulful vocals of Greg Allman on mm -hmm. that song just to this day are absolutely remarkable, yeah. absolutely amazing. And truth be told, it, w it was just the pedigree of the song that sold me on it. I always tease Mike when he come up with, with a song that, for me at least at that moment, doesn't match what the subject is. I say it's a little thin. <laughs> <laughs> this Again, one was uh, a yeah. skeletal with, with, with an eating disorder kind of thin, but then I'm like, well, on the other hand, it is the Almond Brothers. Yeah, and, you know, 450 gems in and counting. Right. We're living on thin, folks. Sometimes you meet love twice a week. It's a fact of life. Yes, and true. But true. we digress because for the second half, uh, wow, it's, it's a multifaceted gem. Yeah. And we're going to try and, you know, slice off these different carrots, so to speak. How yep. about that extended jewelry metaphor, huh? Indeed. I'm not even... Indeed. Well, I was going to say something. How about this leaflet? Famous Jewish sports legends. Racial, but I won't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Imagine that, right? Oh, my goodness. But um, the recent passing of uh, music and entertainment legend Jimmy Buffett yeah. got us to thinking, because we're like, well, we got to say something about this, even yeah. though 
we like to get away from the eulogistic aspect yeah, of the show. Yeah, it's, it's tough because a lot of the music that not only we play on Big Boom Radio, or not only that we play on Riffs and Rants, but on Big Boom Radio, you know, these guys are, are getting on in years. They're getting a little long in the oh, tooth. Yeah. But, we don't want to uh, open up those floodgates. Yeah, but with certain people in particular, um, like we were talking about before the show, you know, we don't want to get into the model and, you know, eulogizing mm-hmm. uh aspect of people passing we want to celebrate the life right you know and if there's anybody whose life deserves celebrating man it's jimmy buffett but there's also this facet because after i thought about it for a couple minutes i'm like well not only you know do we get to talk about jimmy buffett and his artistic contribution yeah but the concept the modern concept of a cult following as it pertains to a particular artist or band that's that's rarefied air yeah, and the you know the simple comparisons we could think of, the Grateful Dead, Kiss, um, the more modern Fish, Taylor Swift, and these Swifties that are going to take <laughs> over the world. You know what is it or how is it that you know even massively popular acts like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Van Halen, the Who, yeah. maybe even James Addiction. Oh my goodness, they they have loyal fans, they have huge followings, but yeah. they don't have a cult. And not not just the cult, but the cultural impact. Right. And we say cult, in this instance, in a good way, yeah. I, I guess. You know, yeah. Or just not a bad way. Mm-hmm. But they create a phenomenon. And in Jimmy Buffett's case, he became identifiable with vacation, tropical, drinks after work, you name it. <laughs> he had a giant corral... With all these these Broncos of friendly, harmless dysfunction oh, yeah. at his disposal. Yeah. And it's it's mind-boggling. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Man literally created a community. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, my first exposure to Jimmy Buffett was back in 1985. Uh, summer 85, I was at Usher at a place called the... It's now called the Xfinity Center uh, in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Back then, it was called the Great Woods. And... Like a lot of people, I only knew the guy from Margaritaville. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in watching these people as the gates opened and they started coming in, the parrot heads, it really turned my head around. It was like, well, first of all, all of them were carrying like four drinks, you know. So immediately these. you could relate. Yeah, totally. Totally. It was like, <laughs> this okay. Is my these, kind of people. Yes, they are festive. They are definitely <laughs> festive. This is going to be an interesting night. But, uh, but yeah, this sense of community amongst mm-hmm. these people. And I later encountered that uh, a couple years later with The Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very unique thing, and very, very few artists can, can say or, or, or claim that, yeah, they created this community. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a stunning, stunning accomplishment. And really, while these things are going on, whether it be a Grateful Dead concert, and, and I really like the comparison to them, yeah. and then maybe you could throw you know, fish in there, but peace, love, and happiness. You're not going to see a fight at a Jimmy Buffett concert no, or at a Grateful not. Dead show. No, you know? no. And it's as, as much as you want to, you know, because you and I, respectively, we're not joiners. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I could never, as big a fan as I might be of, of, of Van Halen or The Who, and I would never travel the globe at every given opportunity to catch every show they're at. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, in, in a way, some people can watch their favorite movies over and over and over again. Sure. Which sometimes I can, but 
other people can't. Like my dad, he's, he watches a movie once. He's like, oh, I don't want to see that again. I'm like, Dad, he saw this 20 years ago with me. Yeah, yeah. but I know where it ends. Like, well, <laughs> salute your, your recall because I want to see it again. Yeah. And in this case, it's like, yeah, guess what? Grateful Dead are going to play their, their songs they always play, but that's what people want to hear. Yeah. And everybody knows that they go to a Jimmy Buffett show, you're going to hear changes in, in latitude, changes in attitudes, yep. volcano, cheeseburger in paradise. Yep. Yep. But everyone is like, yes. You know, like he's singing mm-hmm. it right, right to them. Yeah. And, and the friends that I have that are self-identified um, as, as, as parrot heads, and they do so with pride, yeah. come from all walks of life. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, there's it, no it, way to pigeonhole them. Yeah, it unites people in a very, very unique way, mm-hmm. in a very, very positive way. Right. You know, which is kind of diametrically opposed to what we were talking about, you know, at the beginning segment of the show. And, yeah, these are people that, you know, and, again, same thing with the deadheads, where... You know, if this artist comes within a hundred miles of where they live, they're dropping everything mm-hmm. and they're going. Yep. And it's just, it's a given, honey. Yep. You know, Jimmy's in town this weekend. We're going. Yeah. And that's that's an amazing thing. And if you've ever been fortunate enough to be a part of that kind of community, it's an amazingly positive thing. Yeah. You know, and it it, it kind of rejuvenates your perspective on life. Mm-hmm. It really does. Now to uh, <laughs> counter. Um, your example of the Jimmy Buffett story. You know, mine was uh, years ago when I decided to go on vacation to Key West yeah. solely because all the bartenders I was working with at the time yeah. said to me, Johnny, if you ever want to just completely unplug from the world, you got to go down to Key West because nobody cares about anything there. There's a bar every 10 feet. You have a time <laughs> of your life. And, and I'm like, all right, that, that sounds like it's for me. Like you know? right up your alley, yes. So I went down during a, a thing they have there the last two weeks of every October called Fantasy Fest. Okay. And it's kind of like their Mardi Gras. Right. And it is pretty much just off the chain. Nice. So I go down there for that. And the week or two before I go down there, I'm like, well... I guess I gotta indoctrinate myself in, in the Key West mentality. So let me start <laughs> listening to some Jimmy Buffett, nice. thinking I'm gonna hear it down there. It's gonna be in the bars. People are gonna be singing it. Let me like be able to identify. Right. So I did, and I, I gained an appreciation of his music. But yeah. you know what? A week down there, I didn't hear a single damn Jimmy Buffett <laughs> song. And I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe they're sick of it or something. You know? I mean. But yeah, that that was my. I was left wanting. I'm like, can I just go someplace and hear Jimmy Buffett? Who does that? But again, even right then and there, I, I had seen and heard enough to realize that this guy was synonymous with vacation time. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's an accomplishment that, and this is why we bring it up. It, it supersedes the other bands we've mentioned. Yeah. And let's throw an honorable mention with a, a sneer towards the, the juggalos that uh, follow yeah. the incline, the yeah. St. Clown Posse. Right. Because right. that's not exactly a peaceful gathering. Yeah. But Jimmy, unlike all these other groups, becomes like synonymous with an entire cross-section, an entire lifestyle that can span age barriers, race, religion, yeah. you know, haves and have not. It, it's it's able to, all that yeah, stuff. It crosses over, yeah. and the truest meaning of that phrase, yeah. to everybody. You don't do that with Kiss. Yeah, you got the Kiss Army, they all put on their makeup, and they're all part of a thing, but that just appeals to those people, yeah. right? The Grateful Dead... Is so accommodating, but it's still identifiable with quote unquote hippies in the '60s. So either you get it or you don't. For those people who don't, they don't see the appeal. Yeah. Taylor Swift and these Swifties. I'm sorry, but it's only appealing to milfs, cougars, and 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 teenage girls. So they can go out and dress up like her. Again, not to take anything away, but I'm saying that that that's yeah. how it is. 
And Fish is just a bunch of smelly people that haven't discovered soap that think they're dead fans. That, that's what's up with that. Yeah, I said it. You know where to send the emails. John at BigBoomRadio.com. Oh, here it comes. Yeah. Well, no, again, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, anytime you can create a community on a very, very positive basis, I mean, that's a hell of an accomplishment, mm -hmm. you know. In doing my research... Uh, looking into Jimmy Buffett, there were there were some things that I discovered about the man that were just absolutely stunning. Ooh, it's fact and figure time with Michael Sean. Well, I'm not going to get too into it. <laughs> Give um, us a couple, just because I don't want to. I don't want to take away from you know what I was talking about this this sense of accomplishment and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, for one thing, the man was a billionaire, which that. which <laughs> stunned me. Uh -huh. You know, I. I I was absolutely, absolutely taken aback by that. And in all honesty, very impressed by what he accomplished in that respect. But there were a couple of things about his, I don't know, financial base, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, um, that were very impressive. Um, I came across a story in The New Yorker um, talking about this uh, community created called Latitude Margaritaville, mm -hmm. which was described as a 55 or better active living community in Florida. I love that. Yeah, Such I know. a good tagline. <laughs> and uh, the writer, um, Nick uh, Palmgarten, I believe was his name was, um, described it like this. He said, if isolation, if it's isolation that ails us, our suburban remove, our reliance on cars, our dwindling circle of friends, our lack of congregation, integration, and mutual understanding of this uh, of the kind that, you know, we kind of referenced in the beginning of the show here, mm -hmm. uh, then the solution, especially for those tilting into their lonelier elderly years, would seem to be fellowship, activity, and fun. Uh, and in the Margaritaville calculus, the benefits of good company outweigh the deleterious effects, deleterious effects of alcohol. I mean, that just describes to me the older, the aging community of parrot heads, you know? Right. And it's, it's like a happy ending. Yes. You know, as opposed to, you know, what you're used to seeing as far as, like, elderly communities and whatnot, you know? Sure, sure. I mean, if you're going to be a businessman, and as it turns out, it seems Jimmy Buffett was a very good one. Yeah. You know, creating something positive like this, mm -hmm. you know, that's a hell of a legacy, I got to say. Sure, absolutely. You know? And bravo to him, yep. you know. Um, and I think it was, I, I came across a quote that, uh, as an artist, I thought was perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be successful as an artist, this is something you might want to keep in mind. Uh, and basically the quote is this. If you're an artist, if you want to have control of your life, then you got to be a businessman, like it or not. This is true. You know? This is very true. And it kind of reminded me of, a, of all things, an Axl Rose quote I read years and years ago um, when some idiot reporter hit him with that bullshit uh, question that, you know, every successful rocker gets hit with at some point by <laughs> an idiot reporter. You know, if you uh -huh. had to give advice, right. you know, to a young musician coming up, what would you tell them? And Axl very astutely said, take business courses, mm -hmm. you know. So Jimmy Buffett, I think, is, is the epitome of a guy who took control of the situation, um, turned his success into something that benefited his community, you know, and, you know, what more do you want out right. of your life as an artist? And now we see that the, uh, they're already started the petitions. 
to change the name of Key West International Airport to Jimmy Buffett International right. Airport. That would be most appropriate. And, yeah, and they, they really should. Um, and then, by the way, expand that airport so it's easier to fly in directly. <laughs> for, the most, for those of us that really just don't want to stop in Miami. Nice. Yeah, make that happen. And uh, to celebrate all this and everything we just spoke about, yes. we very astutely picked a, air quotes, Jimmy Buffett song uh, to play to celebrate what we just spoke about. Well, again, you know, in going through the, the, the potential list of gems, there were so many songs, so many Jimmy Buffett songs that we considered that would have been tear-jerking and very emotional and this mm -hmm. and that. But in going on the theme that we talked about of celebrating the life instead of mourning the death, this is what we decided on. And uh, this is a song that, uh, if you're not familiar with it, you should be. This was an Alan Jackson duet with Jimmy Buffett song called It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. Indeed. Fantastic tune and, and oft uh, an inspiration for myself to grab a couple hundred drinks after work. <laughs> so we're going to play it for you folks now, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. And either way, we will be back with some more things, stuff, and a wrap-up. Stay tuned. Getting paid by the hour and older by the minute. My boss just pushed me over the limit. I'd like to call him something. I think I'll just call it a day. Pour me something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but I don't care. It's five o'clock somewhere This lunch break is gonna take all afternoon And half the night Tomorrow morning I know there'll be hell to pay Hey, but that's alright I ain't had a day off now In over a year I do making vacations, gonna start right here. If the phone's for me, you can tell them I just sailed away. And pour me something tall and strong, make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but I don't care. It's five o'clock somewhere. Funny you should ask, Alan. <laughs> I'd say, pull me something tall and strong, make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but I don't care. Pour me something tall and strong, make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past twelve, but 
scared It's five o'clock somewhere What time zone am I on? What country am I in? It doesn't matter, it's five o'clock somewhere It's always on five in Margaritaville, come to think of it yeah, I heard that You've been there, haven't you? Yes, sir I've seen your boat there I've been to Margaritaville a few times All right, well that's good Stumble my way back Okay, well we just want to make sure you can keep it between the navigational beacons <laughs> Between the buoys, I got it All right, well it's five o'clock, let's go somewhere I'm ready, crank it up Let's get out of here I'm gone Nice. Good I, I've used that justification on many an occasion. <laughs> I truly have. Uh, for those of you not familiar, that was a song written actually by uh, Jim Brown and Don Rollins. Uh, released on Alan Jackson's uh, 2003 compilation album, Greatest Hits Volume 2. Mm -hmm. um, in uh, November of uh, 2003, it actually won CMA's Vocal Event of the Year Award, which was Jimmy Buffett's first award in his 30-year history, yep. his 30-year career. And obviously, not a Jimmy Buffett song per se, but the reason why Johnny and I decided to go with it was because it had the immortal line, what would Jimmy Buffett do? Indeed. And again, that's a callback to everything we just talked about. Yes. It's synonymous with unwinding, good times, cocktails, and boats. Yeah. And, you know, if you're an artist and you have that kind of, impact on culture, mm -hmm. that's a remarkable, remarkable achievement. Sure. You know, and, and there are very, very few people that you can say that about that is rarefied air, and Jimmy Buffett is in that rarefied air, so that is our salute to him yep. and, uh, and our nod to his passing. Yes, indeed. Sail on, brother. Thank indeed, you. Indeed, indeed. Now. So anyway, <laughs> what's going on at Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? Uh, the usual claptrap. All right. You, you know how it is. I do indeed. Uh, working on some uh, additions to the Classic Rock Showcase. Right on. Uh, as a matter of fact, and I forget if I, if I managed to finish this one or not, I think I came up just short. I was doing, um, or I wanted to do rather, this is a departure. Okay. The Love and Spoonful. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. And their tunes, if you listen to it, it's it very 60s, very, very psychedelic. Yeah. It was just and like it John runs, Sebastian, right? Yeah. It, it runs the gamut from something super aggressive like Summer in the City yep. to something like Have You Ever Had to Make Up Your Mind, which right. is just a lilting dewdrop kind of sure. toes in the water on the river kind of yeah. song. Yep. Yep. And that's what, what all of the selections I was coming up with. And I had to listen to pretty much their entire catalog to come up with enough songs to do it. Right. And it's, it's close, so it still might happen, but I'm looking at like one or two more pieces to, to slip in there. Nice. Um, but I've always, I've always liked them. It's just an underrated group, except by musicians and people to know from that time. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so that might happen. And then uh, a couple other acts, which I'll keep under wraps because they're really going to surprise and impress you. Cool. So I'll unleash them when they're happening. I will look forward to that. Yeah, and then, you know, the Classic Rock Showcase airs on Big Boom Radio Monday through Friday, and it's got to play at 11 a.m. And every day except Friday, we replay at 5. 
Friday we replay it four as an intro to this show that we're doing right now. Nice. And, and speaking of, we did reach a fairly momentous decision just recently yep. in that we are going to put our effort uh, to launch uh, Riffs and Rants on YouTube on hold for the moment. We could even say suspended indefinitely. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. We're going to hit the brakes <laughs> on that. Uh, we're going to revisit it sometime down the road, but for now we've decided that uh, it's in the best interest of all involved and the sanity in particular of Johnny Teflon that we put a hold on that for now. <laughs> That's pretty much the best way to put it. It was a wonderful exercise. I learned a lot in a very short period of time. Indeed. But like anything, believe it or not, folks, we're kind of perfectionists. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe. I know, shocking, shocking. I, I've always believed if, if you can't do something and do it well, why bother? Yeah, well, behind the alcohol and five-hour energy haze that we create every mm -hmm. week for the Riffs and Rants podcast, there is a perfectionist element yeah. to what we do. And, uh, and yeah, we, you know, we, we feel like we could do it better if we, uh, if we put it on hold for now and, and gave it a little more consideration yep. before we potentially relaunch that effort down the road. Yes, it's we sent it back to development. Yeah, it's <laughs> by no means off the table, but for now... Unlike yeah. the movie The Flash, we're not going <laughs> to rush it through. And believe me, if we, if we could, we would have CGI'd ourselves. Yeah. I didn't like taking up three quarters of the screen. Uh, if it was a Marvel movie, I could have played the Kingpin. That's how stout I am. How Rubenesque. But that's a story for another day. Indeed, indeed. It's, so it, we, had, we had that going on, obviously. And then, um, again, as I touched on last week, uh, goodbye summer. And, and to some, good riddance. I'm tired of the heat. Some, I really am tired of the heat. It, uh, yeah, this year has been an unusual experience in summertime in New England. I got to mm -hmm. say, it it does seem to be rather extreme. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, it you know the fall in New England is absolutely absolutely gorgeous, minus the Beautiful. the cornucopia or the, the veritable cavalcade. Of pumpkin spice crap. I could do without that. Yeah, that that we touched on that last year, <laughs> if did. I remember correctly. And it just gets worse every year. Yeah. And yeah. I thought you were going to go off on acorns, but whatever. Acorns never hurt me. They yeah. never did nothing to me. Oh, Although, good, in my, my front lawn now, it's crab apple season. Is that what it is? So you got to watch where you walk out there, unless you want to traipse it into your car on the way out. <laughs> yeah, crab apple. <laughs> I, I, I guess you could make crab apple stuff uh, with it. Keep I, I that in mind after I'm staggering out of the studios of Big Boom Radio right? at the end of our, on that uh, note, maybe our weekly I could make broadcast. Some, some decent shine out of them or something. Let I would think so. I, I think there's a way. If but there's yeah, a will, got, there is a way. We got that. See, I'm thinking about fall. I want. I want... Crisp, blustery winds. Right. I want crackling leaves. I want hoodie weather. Uh, the autumn wind is a pirate. Uh, be careful what you wish for, my friend. I, I, I want an excuse to wear any number of my Patriots jerseys out just to go get the mail. Indeed. You know, and you really can't do that when it's 90 and humid out. Which, so far... That's what it's been. Indeed. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway, hey, we're hopeful because, yeah, fall, uh, autumn in New England, which I think was a Frank Sinatra song. Was it? I think so. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That was autumn in New York. Close oh, enough. Okay. It's eh. autumn, and it's it's a new place. Yeah. Uh, it is just fantastic. It makes all the other aggravation worth it. Indeed. Until Indeed. you get to the winter. <laughs> and that's yeah. a little meant for another day. Yeah, we're not going to think about that right now. I mean, so, for all intents and purposes, believe it or not, the Red Sox are still in it. The Patriots are starting up this weekend. Well, yeah, they haven't played yet, so they're still in it. Yeah. And coming up, we got the big Tom Brady send-off. We're looking forward to that. Indeed. And then, yeah, just everything that, that comes with football season. Yep. That's all. Yeah. So on that note, thank you so much for joining us on this, our 158th episode. Wow. 
right? It's crazy talk. Indeed. And as always, thank you for joining us. I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we will see you all on the flip side.